Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Whatever campus you're at, just look at the person next to you and say, get ready. Just tell, and now do that with fire and passion. Do it again. You ready? Tell them. Get ready. Get ready. See, if you had the power, if you had the power to change one thing, what, what, what would you change? I mean, here, here's some questions for us. If you had the power to change one thing for your future, well, what would you change? If you had the power. If you had the power to change one thing for your marriage, what would you change? If you had the power to change one thing in your character, what would you change? Not in your spouse's character. Don't get these confused. There's a flow here. If you had the power to change one thing for your kids, what would you change? What would you change? Let's just keep going. For our country, what would you change? In your work, what would you change? In fact, let's just take it to faith. If you had the power to lead one person to faith in Jesus, who would it be? If you had the power. See, Jesus was answering a question nobody was asking. <laughs> the, the question that Jesus was asking was, do I need the Holy Spirit? Do you need the Holy Spirit? But, but the disciples weren't asking that question. We're not often asking that question. But the answer to that question was all important. And it transformed the disciples. It's so important, it's, it's the very question in which case the answer transforms us. See, before, before Jesus, if you will, resurrected from the dead, just right after he resurrected from the dead where, where Jason left off teaching last week, Pastor Jason took us into the big deal, the resurrection. Oh, that's the big deal, yes. But right after that, then Jesus gave the big deal purpose. Then Jesus said, go into all the world and tell everybody about me and, and, and transform souls and families and, and communities. Let the power of God rescue people and restore them to God. Be forgiven of sin. So not only share the gospel, not only witness to see people come to faith, but then make disciples. So they follow me and they live in the freedom and the fullness of what we were created to be and do. But after that, after giving them a big deal purpose, you know what he said? Wait. What did he say? Wait. wait. Can't hear you. What did he say? Wait. He said, wait. You wait. Okay. Here's what you need to do. You right? Just before you do it, wait. Before you do what you're supposed to do, don't do anything. Look what he says in Acts. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. But what, everybody? Wait. For the gift my father promised. What you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I was oh, just into my 40s. My son, my firstborn, Josh, was in middle school. And each week, we would go to McDonald's for a father-son kind of discipleship 
moment because McDonald's is awesome. At least it was then. <laughs> Love the food, good moments. And he would work through his little experiencing God by, by Blackaby, that, 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 that kind of journal's Bible workbook. And then he would do a lesson in that week. And then we would go to McDonald's and, and, and I'm discipling my son. And we'd walk through the lesson. And I could tell that I, I, I was trying to teach my son, what does it mean to live by faith? To chase and go after the 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 will of God, how, how, to do the purposes of God, do, do God, be on God's purpose by God's power. I'm, I'm, you ever try to translate something that's deeply meaningful to you and you're trying to get it to him and your kids are like, yeah, whatever. So let's, are we done? No, we're not done because you're not getting it. Sometimes I've had those moments with y'all, not often, where I'm like, I don't think y'all are getting it. Let me do it again. And he wasn't getting it. I thought, I, I, See, I, I was in the midst of my own experience, being on God's purpose and, and, and needing God's power. And, and I, we made the decision to, well, the Holy Spirit stirred to buy the 70 acres on Highway 20. So this was the, the moment of that purchase. See, we, I always tell the story of, of what's called the Edwards land. And if you ever come to growth track at 12 stone, you'll hear me tell that story. It's a, it's a favorite story at 12 stone, how, how God moved on a guy named Doug Edwards who didn't even attend our church. And the Holy spirit told him to give us the million dollar piece of land free and clear. And we built there and it was a rescue station and God's changing lives. And then once we got on the land, not long after the Holy spirit stirred me and said, buy the 70 acres next door. And my answer is yes, because we are God's yes men and yes women. Everything that God teaches in the word is God's will. And you practice that in life. And then the Holy Spirit beyond that will give you leadings and prompts. And so you just want to say, yes, God, I'll do that. So we're like, okay, you have to, you know, talk to the elders, man, let's go. I think God's saying, I'm pretty confident he's saying, buy the 70 acres is part of our future. Let's go do this. But... But when we went, went to the owner, uh, the, the new owner had paid like $1.85 million, which might as well for me be $1.85 because we had no money and we were just on the land. We had recent debt. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this, but God's going to do a miracle. I know he is. I know God's just going to, boo, he just did it already. He already gave us the land at Edwards. Watch God move. And so with great faith, I stood in front of the whole church. God's got a purpose for us. And, and, and I'm going to go talk to him. And, and I went and talked to him. And, and the, and the lady said, hey, you know what? We'll think about selling it. And I, I literally, she wasn't a Christian. I, you got to sell it to us. The Holy Spirit told me to buy it. <laughs> okay, let me think about it. And, I, and I'm like, she, she's probably going to give it to us for free. Because that's how God, or maybe half price. I, I don't know, but it's going to be awesome. And, and when we sat down, uh, she said, I've settled a price that's non-negotiable, $2.6 million. It was $750,000 more than she paid. I'm not like, she, she's not listening to God. <laughs> Where, where's the miracle? So that wasn't the miracle. We can't afford 2.6. We just built, we just, I'm a debt. We, God, hey, God. So I'm like, the miracle is going to be somebody's going to write a check for 2.6 million. I don't know who they are, but God's going to do it. Um, come on, church. God's going to do it. And we raised money and we raised $500,000, which was awesome and sacrificial and amazing, but it wasn't the miracle and ended up in debt, $2.1 million in debt on top of the other debt. Church, we never tell this story <laughs> because it didn't work out as I thought. 
we're doing the purposes of God, but it wasn't playing out. And I was just waiting. My son's not understanding. I'm trying to teach him. Your dad is living by faith. You, you got to live by faith. You got to walk with God. And he wasn't getting it. And I had a boom. I had an idea. Here's, so I said, son, you, do, do we want the cinnamon rolls today? The McDonald's cinnamon rolls? Oh, yeah. Uh, go order them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's get those. Yeah, go get two. Go get me one. You one. It's a couple of bucks, whatever. Say, okay. Um, dad, I don't have any money. I said, I know. I got it. Just go, go get them. Dad, I, I can't go get him. Now, my son's in middle school. He's an introvert. He is a peacemaker personality, and he does not like tension. <laughs> I said, son, just go to the counter and order the two cinnamon rolls. Dad, I'd be happy to. I just don't have any money. Just give me three bucks. I mean, I don't know, but give me three bucks. I'll go order. I'll do exactly what you say. Give me the money. I'm like, son, I don't know why this is complicated for you. I told you to go order them. <laughs> He says, what, he gets up from his seat and he stands there for a moment and he's confused and he looks back. Dad, I, I will. I'll do exactly what you're asking. Just, what is wrong with you? Give me the two, three bucks and I'll go do it. I said, son, did I ask you to go order it? Yes, go order it. I can't. Sure you can. Yeah, but dad, when I get there, she's going to say that's like $2.60. And then I'm going to stand there dumb, stuck. Like I won't know what, like I... What is, Dad, you're weird today. What's, what's, what's wrong with you? I said, son, have I been clear? Yes, but you're being stupid. Son, just go, go order. He walks halfway there. He comes back. Dad, I can't do this. I don't even know what's wrong. Did, would you, for, you do it, Dad. I said, no, son, I need you to do it. He, he finally, I got, several times, I got him back. I got him to the counter. I'm sitting over there, and he goes to the counter. He's shaking. He, he, you know, he's all red. He's sweating, I promise you. And he goes to the counter. And he had two cinnamon rolls, and she says, oh, yeah, that'll be $2.60. And he just panicked, froze. He emotionally caved. I'm killing my cunt, son. How many of you think I'm a bad dad already? Come on now. <laughs> Come on, you, you are. You're just not willing to say it. Some of you are like, I wish I'd thought of that. And he looked over where I was seated, and he didn't realize I'd left. Now, how many of you think I'm a bad dad? <laughs> I'd left and come around the left side of him, and he didn't know I was standing beside him. He was so emotionally distraught. And I handed the lady three bucks. We did the transaction. We got our cinnamon rolls. We sat down. He said, why did you do that? He was still emotionally shaking. Why did you do that to me? I said, because, son, what you don't understand is I am you. Right now, God asked me to do something. I'm in the middle of the obedience. I'm standing at the counter, and I can't pull it off. I have no power to pull it off. A whole lot of obedience is doing the thing God asked you to do without the power to pull it off. And by faith, I said, your dad right now in his early 40s is experiencing all the emotional trauma that you felt at the counter. He said something like, well, sucks to be you. Yes, it does. <laughs> Listen, who cares if you have a big deal purpose but no power to pull it off? Who cares? 
If you have a big deal purpose, but no power to pull it off. And now we get to the question. Let, let's, let's go back to the question. Oh, yeah, who cares if you have a big deal purpose, if you have no power to pull it off? They would put it up there, so you got it, right? You got that? You see how power is important? Now let's go back to the question. Now the question, do I need the Holy Spirit, becomes huge. Because the answer to that, do I need the Holy Spirit, is yes, yes, yes. Because the Holy Spirit is the power of God to pull it off. God doesn't just give you a purpose. He grants then his Holy Spirit. And he sends the Holy Spirit to give you the power to pull it off. Because you couldn't pull it off on your own. You're often standing at the counter and the trauma of uncertainty and saying, well, dear God, if I'm going to obey you in marriage and family and, 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 and work and finance and character, if I'm going to walk with you, if I'm going to obey your prompts, for the love of God, don't ask me to do it and not give me power. So, look what he says in Acts. But you will receive, come on everybody, say it with me. What is it? Power. You'll receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, who cares if you have big deal purpose? If you have no power to pull it off. All I was trying to explain to my son is, son, when I was 16 years old on November 13th of 1977 at 10.55 p.m. when the Holy Spirit used Isaiah 61 and said, and you will be called the ministers of our God. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for he has anointed me too. And I signed on and I said, son, I signed on to the purposes of God, but I had no power to pull that off. To get to college, pay for college, single family, broken, financially impoverished. I don't know how to get there. When I said I do to your mom, when I said I do and I'll love you for the rest of my life, this was an incredibly selfish person who said that. I had no power to pull off a marriage for a lifetime. God called us to plant the church. and said, yes, God, but I had no power to pull that off. I had so much stuff broken in my life. I'm so imperfect, wounded. I had no power to pull off the character of God in my life. Son, when you were born into this world, I became a dad. I had so many dreams for you, but no power to pull it off. I bought this land. I have no power to pull it off. Witness for Jesus. got no power to pull that off. But when you obey him, at just the right time, the Holy Spirit reaches over your left shoulder and he covers you. And he gives you the power to help cover the very thing he asked you to do. And there are those moments when you're at the counter in the middle of the order and you're wondering, what on earth is God doing? And that's the moment you need to look over to your father and you think, has he left me? Has God left me? If you're a Christian, have you ever felt like that? Just anyone who's going to own it. You've ever felt like, has he left me? Only to find out that the Holy Spirit is just leaning over your left shoulder. He's got you. That is the kindness of God. He does not call you to his purpose without giving you his power. It may not be like you think or when you think. 
frankly, when we moved on that land, when we purchased it, we went in debt. It, it, I thought we'd be done in three to four years and beyond the new land, it took eight years. None of it happened like I thought. But it was still his power what he made possible. So do you need the Holy Spirit? Oh, yes. Let's talk about him. Who is he? Let's kind of do something of a fact check, fact sheet. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. If, they, if they, they, This might be educational and helpful to you if you're unfamiliar. He's the third person of the Trinity, which means he's equal to God the Father and Jesus, who is God the Son. Equal, fully God. Not an it, not an expression of God, but a distinct person, third person of the Trinity. Revealed to us as Jesus sent him when Jesus went back to heaven after the resurrection. He is the promised paraclete. Paraclete is the Greek word that Jesus uses in John 14 and John 15. Translated, it means one who comes alongside. So literally, it is, he is the power of God with you. He is the power of God in you. He is the power of God through you. Let's go on. When you become a true Christian, spiritually born again, the Holy Spirit indwells you, which means now he guides you through the Bible. In other words, the Bible is the truth. He already wrote it. So if you want to know the will of God, read the Bible. You'll know the majority of the will of God in your life. Then beyond that, he grants leadings to be on God's purpose by God's power, and he is the power to pull that off. Now, the Holy Spirit gives you spiritual gifts to build the body of Christ the church. If you attend 12 Stone Growth Track, we'll talk about that. We'll help you understand spiritual gifts. That's from the Holy Spirit who grants them so that together the power of the Spirit in us, knowing our place in the whole, helps build up the body of Christ. And the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost. Pentecost just means, in Pentecost 5, Pentecost means 50 days. It's 50 days after the Passover, and the Holy Spirit came and descended on the church. It's an Acts 2. Let's look at that scripture together. When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were gathered together in one place. Suddenly there was a noise from the sky which sounded like a strong wind blowing and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire which spread out and touched each person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. With who? The Holy Spirit. So he descends now upon the church and they began to talk in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. See, the Holy Spirit, if you haven't got it yet, the Holy Spirit is the power of God to pull off the purposes of God. Write it down, get it in your head, get it in your heart. The Holy Spirit is the power of God to pull off the purposes of God. Doesn't matter if you have a God-sized purpose or any purpose in your life, you do not have the power to pull it off without the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to the fact check. <laughs> His power within and through us means these things and more, but this is what I'm going to teach. This is the rest of the teaching time. He counsels with wisdom. He coaches for strength. He makes you bold. Everybody read that with me. Everywhere, wherever you're listening, even if you're sitting alone at a TV listening to this, I want you to read those three statements with me, loud and proud, meaning he counsels with wisdom. He coaches for strength. He makes you bold. You ready? Everybody ready? Right here. Loud and proud so everybody can join in. Here we are. Here's the first one. He counsels with wisdom. Then he coaches for strength. Then he makes you bold. Now it's so much more than that, but, but that right there, that's essential. And I want to unpack those so that you understand. Because sometimes this Holy Spirit thing, like I, he's spirit. So that's not 
tangible enough for me. I, I, I don't know what to do with that. Let me see if I can help us. Let, let's, let's go to, the, let's go to the, the, the light bulb, the cords. The, okay, this, this is a power cord. Don't, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm, this is going to feel like kindergarten, but it's okay. This is a power cord, but, but it's not plugged in, right? Just go along. Just go, okay, I'll appease you. <laughs> I'll pacify you. Okay, it's not plugged in. So, so listen, so the power cord, I don't want it attached. I want to, okay. So this power cord has no power. It, it is a power cord, but the only way it has power is if it's what? Plugged in. So, double check. <laughs> Not a problem. Now, you can't see electricity, but you will feel it. You will experience it. You know it's powerful. You see its results. Don't do this at home. Okay, kids, do not repeat that. I am a professional. <laughs> now, if, however, I take this and plug it in, How many already feel the tension? You know why? Because you believe in electricity. You know the moment it's plugged in, everything has changed. Now, just because I want to be a, a, a fully participating church, who, I, I'll, I'll, who would like to come and just tap this <laughs> on your tongue? Nobody who's sane. See, let's just stop this. That's enough of that. See, because even though you can't see electricity, you know it's real. You know it's powerful, you felt it, and you see its results. So let's go over to this light. If I just plug it in, you know that now it's connected to the power source. Now listen, every illustration has its limits. I just want you to visually understand. I want to help you. When you come to faith in Christ, when you become a true believer, spiritually born again, you are plugged into the Holy Spirit. The electricity, the power of the Holy Spirit is in you. There's limits to this illustration, but I want you to understand. But you still have to access it. You, you have to flip the switch. The power's in the cord. The power of God is in you. But if you don't tap in, nothing turns on. A whole lot of us spiritually are messed up because once you come to authentic faith, you are connected to the vine, John 15. I am the vine, you are the branch, a man or woman remain in me. You can bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing, which means you can do nothing of real deal, big deal purpose in life unless you're connected to God because that's the power source to pull off everything he calls you to. But if you are plugged in, but you don't switch on, you're still in the dark. And a whole bunch of us live spiritually in the dark. Because we don't have the spiritual habit of flipping the switch. So when I say the Holy Spirit counsels, let's talk through these. One by one, let's just work through these three ideas. I want you to understand what the Holy Spirit is willing to do as the power source to the purposes of God in your life. So let me give you the first one. He counsels. Take a picture of it, write it down, whatever helps you get this. Because you got to get a hold of this. If you don't, this, this has to get in you. This isn't like, oh, let's get through the teaching. Are we done yet? No, no. This is like, I, got, I, got to, I, got, I, need, to, I need to be educated 
developed, deepened, and I need to put this into practice. I need to understand not just who the Holy Spirit is, but who and what he does in me. He counsels. He does what? Count. So you have a personal counselor now with you everywhere you go. You're like, oh, oh, I need counsel. I need advice. You got it right here. Just flip the switch. Talk to them, engage, and it's the power of God to change how you see and solve. How you what? See and solve. Because you can't see everything, and you can't solve everything, because a lot of times you're just in the dark, and, and you need counsel to, oh, now I see it. But, but if, you know, if you're not talking to them, the, the electricity's flowing. It's just not flowing to, to, to the light. So the majority of my problems, overwhelmingly, I pray about them. And why do I pray? Why do I, throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout, why do I say, Holy Spirit, would you help me see and solve this? Why am I doing that? When I pray and say, would you help me see and solve this, I'm tapping in. Because I can't see it. I'm in the dark. Our marriage was going through a particularly difficult time. Uh, we had made promises to love each other, but it just didn't f- feel like it in that season. It was stale, it was boring, it was mundane. Um, just the demands of life. She's working part-time. We got a couple of kids at that moment. Um, I'm, I'm working. It, it, marriage had become a, th- a, de- a demand, a duty, but it wasn't awesome. And yet we had this big deal vision that we want to have a whole, healthy, happy. Nobody gets married and says, man, I, I hope we're miserable. I just want to be with you the rest of my life in utter misery. I hope we're the unhappiest couple in the whole world. I just hope it sucks forever. And we just, you know what? I just, let's, let's, let's hate each other eventually. Let's, let's, but let's stay together. I mean, nobody does that. But, I, but you get in it and you discover you have seasons where you think, how long can I do this? And I said, God, I can't see. I can't see what's wrong. I'm telling you, over the next period, it wasn't immediate. It, it was these stirrings. It was kind of like it was flickering. And, and then it came clear. He said, give her your mad money. Let me unpack it. So we're in the season I described, we don't have a lot of money. And we each have like five bucks a week for mad money. Well, that's not enough. I can't do McDonald's on, on that. Five bucks. But that's all the freedom that we had. And except, except over here, I had this little thing that kept developing little bits at a time. Like I would do a, a wedding and somebody would give me a little honorarium, like 50 bucks. And 50 bucks at that moment was like, whew, whew. <laughs> William Wallace, freedom, <laughs> freedom. And, 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 then, and then I'm sorry, but somebody would die. I'm not celebrating that as freedom. But, and, and I'd do a funeral, and then somebody, like, you know, slipped me a little card, and there's a few bucks in there. And then I, you know, not much at that time, but two people asked me to speak somewhere, and I'd get, like, a couple bucks. And I would collect it and put it in a special spot in the drawer, and it was mine. <laughs> I 
I would just, I would think about it. What I could go do. I'm going to go to lunch. Nobody's going to know. Alone. <laughs> and I can afford it. I like pens. I'm going to buy a pen. <laughs> Nobody will know. I'll journal with it. It's be great. And the Lord said, I, let me tell you what's wrong with your marriage. Um, and let me help you see what you can't see. Uh, just give her your, all your mad money. From now on, everything you do outside of your primary role that gives you a little honorarium, give it all to Marsha. <laughs> and the light went on. And then I turned that off. <laughs> like, that is a super dumb idea. That, that's when you know it's not the Holy Spirit. Like you get an idea. Listen, how many of you ever had an idea that was selfless and you know it wasn't God? I, I knew that. I knew that wasn't God. All right. He did. And you know what? Here, here's what I sensed in my spirit. He said, if you'll give her all the money, your heart will chase your money and it'll change your marriage. Maybe that's why God asks us to give the first fruits. Because your heart always follows your money. Do you notice the only stocks you follow are the ones you're invested in? You've been watching everybody else's money over the last year or yours. I started giving her. In fact, I said, honey, this is all yours. And you know what she got? Freedom! <laughs> She's over here happy, and I'm over here miserable until I figured out me loving her makes our marriage better. And it changed me, and it changed her, and it changed our marriage. Oh, that's how tapping into the Holy Spirit works. So what if I have a big deal vision for my kids, and I want to raise healthy, whole, capable kids? When my daughter Julissa was in middle school, that vision was gone because it wasn't working. We were just emotionally at odds. I know it's never happened in anybody else's home, but why does God make them teenagers except so that you want them to leave someday? So when they're young, it's like you can't imagine them leaving. When they become teenagers, you can't imagine them staying. Like God loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. Go somewhere else so I can miss you. Well, I love my daughter, and it was breaking my heart, and we were at odds, and I didn't know what to do. And finally, I had this practice where uh, on several nights a week, once the kids are all in bed, I'm a late-night guy, and I um, stood at their doors. And I stood at her door, and I just started crying. I said, God, all my dreams have just only got one daughter. And I'm just leaning on her door, and I'm praying over her, and I'm like, God, this isn't working. And I can't see it, and I can't solve it. I promise you, the Holy Spirit whispered, you know you gave her the dog as a gift, even though you don't love the dog. <laughs> now back off. You gave the gift of the dog, and then that dog pooping and peeing all over your house is making you so tough on your daughter, you lost tender. And she needs tender, not tough. And the light went on. 
Oh, I couldn't see it. So I'm going to save my carpet and floors, but I'm going to lose my daughter. I went more tender than tough. I changed, she changed. But you have to flip the switch. I had a prof in college, and he told a story which forever changed the way I pray. He ran a, a factory line before he got into ministry and theology, and he was over the line. He was the manager over it, and it shut down one day. And he tell, he's telling us the story, and he said, listen, we were losing money. I brought in the expert. They couldn't figure out what had broken the machinery and down the line. And he said, it, it, all the pressure's on me. And the organization is like, come on, man, you got to solve this. He said, and I couldn't. It was over my head. He said, that night before I went to bed, I prayed. And I said, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you help me? Would you I help me see and solve? He said, I can't. I'm in the dark. I can't. Help me. He said, that night. I had a dream, and in the dream, it was like a movie camera that flew into the machinery and went to the very spot where it had broke that nobody could find. He said, I woke up the next day early. I ran to work. I called the expert in. He got into the machinery. It was precisely what it was in my dream, and that expert looked at me and said, how on earth Did you see that? He said, well, I prayed and the Holy Spirit showed me. The guy wasn't convinced, but I am. Who cares if you have big dreams, big deal purpose for work, if you have no power to pull it off? Ask the Holy Spirit in your work. You know, this is a season of life where God is transforming 12 stone into a family church that is multi-generational. And Jason Berry is the future senior pastor, but I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm not retiring. Listen, on November 13th of 1977 at 10.55 p.m., I said yes. He still has my yes. That was on a Sunday, 45 years ago, today. Today is November 13th. 2022. Today marks 45 years. Every November 13th, I have an appointment with the Lord at 10.55 p.m. And I go back to the same Bible, to the same yes. And I refresh. You ever have to do that with your computer? Refresh. Lord, I refresh my surrender to you and ask for a fresh pouring out of your Holy Spirit and you get a fresh yes from me. Church, as we travel through this, in this stage for Marsha and I, as part of the whole of the church, we've talked about this empty nester season that we're in, that many of you are in as well. Not all of you, but some of you. And in this 55 plus and that we've had PK party with the purpose. Well, I just want you to know, finally, after 18 months of just doing more party than purpose, this January 8th, this January 8th, this January what? 8th. We're going to have phase two, and I'm going to start talking about what's our purpose. And listen, Jason and I are going to talk through the whole thing for the whole of the church, but on January 8th, we're going to have a party. You'll get the details. You can sign up. So it leaves a question for all of us. Where do you need the Holy Spirit to help you see and solve? All right. 
Now I talk in my old northern speak. This means high speed. Number two, he coaches. Here we go. He coaches for strength, the power to endure pain without escaping into stupid. The power, the Holy Spirit that turns on the light and gives you the power. Listen, look at it again. To endure pain without escaping into stupid. Without escape. Because when you're in the midst of like, how do I cope? So let, let me read something that, that's from a friend. A friend told me about a moment with his wife where he came home from work and he said, I just, I got to de-stress. I just, oh, it's been a rough day. Uh, honey, would you, would you make me a drink? And, um, you know, he's going to go change and would you make me a drink? And she said, you know, I, no, I don't think I will. I'd rather not. He said, wait, what? Why? She said, because I don't mind making you a drink if it's to celebrate or for normal life, but if it's to escape. That's the wrong use. That only the Holy Spirit can do for you. So I'd rather not have alcohol replace what he can do. Huh. What are you escaping into? Oftentimes we escape into things that, let's be honest, are just stupid, which means they're dumb, they're destructive, they're distracting, they're undoing. I, an honest mom with a little bit of grace. <sighs> I wrote it so I say it right because I know I'm going to be misunderstood. But many, many, many years back, if that helps, I was in a tough season two steps forward, one step back, just stuff wasn't going well. And, and I said this to a friend when I was venting. I said, you know what sucks about being a Christian and a pastor in particular? I can't escape. I can't escape into drunk. I can't escape into spending stupidly, quit honoring God and run my credit card. I can't escape into work and neglect my family. I can't escape into irresponsibility, undisciplined living. I can't escape into drugs. I can't escape into a lifestyle of porn or sexual escapades or adultery. I can't attack people the way they attack me. I just don't have any freedom to be stupid. It super sucks to be a Christian and a pastor. <laughs> okay, I know that was dumb. By the way, don't look at me like, how incredulous. I can't believe... How many have ever felt like, man, I just need to run and escape? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. I'll wait until all your hands go up. I'll wait for the liars to join us. You self-righteousness. I know. Yeah, I, I'm not sinless. I've not lived a perfect life. Nobody does. But everybody wants to run to stupid when things are stressful and the Holy Spirit, if you will come to him and say, you know what? I'm in pain and I don't want to endure it. Would you give me power? Power to endure pain. So I don't escape into stupid. That's when he gives it so that you just avoid escaping into stupid. Look at what is true about the Holy Spirit from Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and self-control, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Where do you need the Holy Spirit power to help you endure pain so you don't escape into stupid? And when you feel like escaping into stupid, 
You just pray, grant me power that I do not have. Third, and finally, he makes you bold. He makes you what, everybody? Bold. It's the power to speak, act, and stand for Jesus. Let's go back to the scripture. Let's go to the Jesus Storybook Bible where we've been sitting in this series. So now the Holy Spirit has come and it picks up. They threw open the shutters. Sunlight flooded their room as love flooded their hearts. And the little room was filled with happy noises, dancing feet, singing, laughing. They unlocked the door and surged out into the streets as if they had never been afraid. By the way, you see that? As if they'd never been afraid because before that they were. Peter spoke in a loud voice so everyone could hear. Jesus died for you, he said, because he loves you. But God made him alive again. He has rescued you. People stopped and listened. The word sank down deep into their hearts and, and worked like a medicine that makes you well, like the antidote to a deadly poison, like a kiss that wakes you from a deep sleep. Stop running away from God, Peter said. Run to him instead so he can love you and make you free. And Peter told them the wonderful story of God's love. God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. How Jesus had come and all that had happened. And there were lots of people from faraway countries in Jerusalem. They couldn't speak the same language. But as they listened to Peter, everyone could understand what he was saying in their own languages. Many people believed and became Jesus' new friends and helpers. And the wonderful news of Jesus spread like sparks from a fire to villages, towns, cities. Every day, more and more people believed. And so it was that the family of God's children, his special people, grew. We'll pick up from there next week. You see, they were afraid until the Holy Spirit came upon them and gave them power to be bold. They spoke for him. They acted for him. And even when they got afraid, when they were being censored and shut down, look at what the scripture says. They prayed. Consider their threats. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Listen, the, the culture was censoring them, canceling them, canceling their social media, telling them to shut down and shut up. And so they prayed, Holy Spirit, because they knew he was the power Make us bold. And a couple verses later, here's what it says. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God. How, everybody? Boldly. Where do you need the Holy Spirit to help you speak, act, and stand for Christ? And that's it. There's the teaching. But it seems that we should have a moment because in that scripture, it confirms that not only had they been filled with the Holy Spirit, but then they were filled again. There was a refreshing. There was a coming to the Holy Spirit and praying, and he was triggering and giving fresh power. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Even if you're not going to participate in the prayer, would you stand across the campuses? I, I don't care if you're at the truck and tap at 12 Stone Home or wherever you are, stand. Wherever you are at a 12-stone home, if you would stand. If you're on your own and you're listening in, maybe you would stand too. If you're not a person of faith and you're stepping in and you're listening in, you could at least bow your heads and you have your own moment. God, if you're real, would you reveal yourself to me? You have your prayer. But for those of us who are followers of Christ, I want to invite you to a prayer. The truth of the matter is you're already plugged into the Holy Spirit. But this prayer is, oh, would you freshly flow in me? I, would, you, would you help me, if you will, 
have a fresh pouring out of your spirit in me. Just like he did again and again for the early church. I'm going to lead a prayer over you. And then the pastors are going to pray the second half of the prayer. So simultaneously bow your heads. And if you're comfortable with it, you might not be. But you can just put your hands open before the Lord. You can just open your hands before the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask for a fresh pouring out of your Holy Spirit. And you ask him, you say, me too. Oh God, do so for me. You begin to ask him. You turn on the switch. You tap in. God, I already know that, that as a follower of yours, the Holy Spirit is in me. But like you did for the early church, oh gracious God, would you pour out your spirit on me afresh? Would you refresh me? Make me current in your spirit. Reveal to me, God, anything that's in the way. But God, we would pray for a pouring out of your spirit that would grant us counsel, that would help us see and solve the things that you've called us to and help us walk in your purpose. That God, you would, you would grant us great coaching, that you would give us great boldness. Oh God, let a fresh pouring out of your Holy Spirit come upon us, I pray, not merely in this moment, but God, tonight and tomorrow and this week and when we have marriage moments and when we're parenting our kids and when we're going to work day after day in the moments of the day throughout the day, we say, oh Holy Spirit, would you just be with me and move in me and grant me the electricity of the power of your Holy Spirit in me and through me for your purposes. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.